It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Welcome in, everybody. We are just past the halfway point of the high school basketball season, and you have joined us here as we discuss things on No Shot Clock as we look back a little bit, uh, look ahead, as well as we break down some conferences, some conference talk across the Chicago area. Mike and I are going to – we always spend a little time ranking. We came to the conclusion together of the top five – conferences in the Chicago area could create a little bit of debate. We've got some surprises in there, I think, in terms of from the historical perspective, uh, some of bigger names, not in our top five, some new names in there. Mike, how are we doing? Good. What is this halfway point talk? Are you talking? Like- uh, I, I, I always, I get confused with this weird yeah. new <laughs> oh, yeah. state, 22 the, wins, man. The, the, the state, the, up. the state yeah. tournaments like next week. Yeah. City tournament I, starts next week. Yeah. It's, yeah, we're in the last quarter here. Final. Dude. We're in the stretch run. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're in the overtime, which is going to be one of my takes. Uh, oh, maybe I should. I just go right into it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do yeah. two takes, yeah. and uh, yeah, let's just jump right into. Okay, that. give me your one. If I apologize, if you've spent a lot of time sitting next to me at high school basketball games or probably within 10 feet of me at high school basketball games in the last 20 years, because you've heard this, but I'm not sure I, I've complained about it enough on the podcast. I, I think you, it. I think you have, but okay, well I'm back at it again <laughs> because in the past, it seemed like I was just yelling into the void with my hatred of the four minute overtime, but now we're changing rules right and left. Okay. We're changing the fouls. We're changing. We're adding shot clocks. So, so I want it. I'm going to start a hashtag. I'm going to get t-shirts. I'm done with this four minute overtime. First of all, I want to know who likes it. So please tell me if you think four minutes of overtime is spectacular, because I would love to hear your reasoning while you, while you enjoy watching everyone foul out of the game and all the intensity that we've spent an hour and 15 minutes ramping up to just poofs away (laughs) for three minutes. And we try to get it back at the end of the overtime. If the teams are wasting time and, two best players fouled out and what was a great game has now become a massive timeouts and nothing when you try to see who can win it. It's horrible. When do they change? When do they, ch- when do they change it? I, I, the year that they changed from three to three four. to four. Yeah. That's when I, yeah, I was that's in high question. school, which is t- <laughs> yeah. uh, 20, 30 years ago, whatever. But, um, it was three minutes, but I, I don't, I don't remember complaining about that. Uh, does one no, minute it, make it's all a, the it's, difference? Yes, it does. I really think I agree with you. I am not going to be the one that says I like four minutes. That's half of a quarter. No, yeah. I don't need that. I need three minutes. I'd be fine with sudden death. No, um, I would too. And my, oh, I have a question for I, you. Um, what about sudden death in 1950s? By the way, I'd be I fine remember, with. Uh, my dad uh, talks about sudden death. They do the jump ball, first team to score. Boom! I love it. I love it. I, I also be fine with just free throws. First to miss a free throw. No, no, no. no. Nope, <laughs> I think nope, that'd be hilarious. Nope. Don't want um, that. Sudden death would be exciting. It would be great. I, I How about, can we at very, at the least, can we get the team fouls to reset? Hmm. 
after now that we're doing this after every quarter. Well, it should then after every quarter. You're right. It is. That's a that's a no brainer. Just because you're playing extra time doesn't mean you. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. But no, it, it, three minutes is what it should be. I, I I I'm trying to think of the masses and the consensus, whether it be coaches and whoever. I don't think they would like sudden death. I'd love to do a poll on that though. Yeah, there's got to be. Let's do that. What's the? Uh, I am losing it. What's it called in the NBA? Um, you just add seven points to it or whatever. We could we could do that. Um, Say what? The Elam ending. The what? The Elam. That's what it's called, right? The Elam ending. Oh, well, I. This is coming from the guy who I sat by at the weekend talking about getting rid of all of the lines on yeah. the basketball court. I want it all. Right. Like I think the G League's using the Elam ending in some way now. Um, um, I I think just for just chop off a minute. Let's just go we'll start small. there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Let's because it's just ridiculous. I mean that Niles West Niles North game. I'll talk about a little bit on my next take. But yeah, you know who cares? Everybody's well, fouling out that matters. I, no and I was looking like I'm like you know our little trusty little scorebooks we or books of scores yeah. we keep. And brother Rice has played. I think they've played eight overtimes this Goodness. year. Seven or eight. I do my math right. That's almost, if it's seven, <laughs> almost an entire extra game. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. They had like, let me, let me look this thing up now. Brother Rice, three overtimes against Bloom. Does that sound right? Yeah, sure. Overtime against Auburn. Double overtime against Mary Catholic. Overtime against DePaul. So that's seven overtimes, yeah. Uh yeah, so let's let's we we can work on that. Once we get the shot clock, we'll uh yeah, that down be, the I mean, it's, not, it's not even yeah a deadline thing for me. Yes, sometimes it matters. It did matter the other night, but it just ruins. I, I feel like the energy gets sucked out of what was a fun ending. I just I, I yeah. hate it. But anyway, my one uh, my take is a little bit college high school recruiting combo for all you Illinois fans. You got to be happy. Uh yeah. The news came out today, which I think was not surprising news from anybody who's really following the recruiting scene. Jeremiah Fears, the former Joliet West star turned prep school guy in Arizona, committed to Illinois. Jeremiah Fears would be the, without question, it's not even close, in a class that is lacking these junior class in the class of 2025 in Illinois. Fears was my number one player when he left. You know, I don't the state rankings I do that I put publicly, I still have Jeremiah Fears in my college ranking. Anyway, the state rankings, Fears would be clearly the number one player. That's a huge get for Illinois. This is coming off of a weekend where the number one player in the class right now in Illinois, Marez Johnson, you know, did his best to solidify his resume for player of the year with a terrific performance, beating Bennett on the road. 21 points. Mike wrote about playing with a dislocated finger, and he's, we were talking about it before the podcast. He's been playing with this thing since November, which is incredible, uh, without any complaining, whining. I've written about how tough he is, the warrior that he is. I love him. I, but he's coming to Illinois, number one player in the state. The other prospect, Jason Jackson, more of a project, long-term. You know, I don't have him maybe ranked as high as others do, but He's an intriguing piece to work with. 
at 13 points, 22 rebounds. I took these stats from the Yorkville uh, stats that they kept uh, from their win over Whitney Young. Uh, I dished out six assists. He's just a very skilled big man. And then you throw in the fact now he's a quasi-Illinois product, but he played his senior year in Illinois, Ty Rogers. Played his senior year at Thornton. Obviously, he's at Illinois right now starting. That is, you know, they have not, this Illinois roster is not like it used to be in the 80s and 90s and, well, entire history of Illinois basketball where it's been dominated by Illinois prospects and products. This roster over the last year, and it's just a new era of recruiting and basketball. It's just different now. But, hey, you've got, you know, a little They've taken the best of the bunch and and maximized it, starting kind of with Io DeSumo and then riding it through this wave of Ty Rogers, Merez Johnson, Jeremiah Fears. That's some good news for Illinois high school or uh, Illinois recruiting. And um, you know, I should be commended for that staff to to target the guys they think they can get, and they did go and get it done. I saw. I think it was just today. ESPN has Jeremiah Fears up to number sixteen in the class, which. I don't who, have who has him 16 ESPN. Yeah, well, he's around 30. Their rankings are awful, but 24, I still, seven. I still think he's a legitimate top 35 player. I, I, I've always been a bigger, not to compare too much, but I think he's a better player, a better prospect than his brother. Um, I, I, I think he has some electric offensive ability that, uh, you know, as long as he gets stronger and a little bigger and, that's going to translate. And uh, he just, he plays with a swagger much like Jeremy did as well. But I just think he has a bigger upside and more offensive tools. So that's great get for Illinois. The uh, 16, I think is the highest. It's definitely the highest since Gary Bell for a Joliet player. And Gary Bell was a little bit before. I mean, I'll bet you hoop scoop was around online in 1995. <laughs> if you wanted to go back and remember that website, <laughs> that oh yeah, crazy pouring through. But but like back of the magazines, you know, the back of the college basketball previews would always have like yeah, Street and Smiths. Yep. Right. They have the the rankings of the high school players, and Gary Bell was number eleven um, on one of those. I, I don't remember which one it was, but it because it was shocking to me. <laughs> I in, just my, sat there. in my basement, I have every Street and Smith basketball Ooh. preview from about 1980 through i don't know 2004 five wow well i guess you, you know if, yeah so anyway so yeah jeremiah is definitely the highest since gary bell and i wonder if he will uh be able to he's got a whole year to uh increase that ranking so that, that'll be exciting definitely for illinois um my second take is about my friday night trip out to Skokie, I had not been in the Niles West gym, which is fantastic. Uh, I don't think since Jalen Brunson's like nine Jalen Brunson and uh, Tyler Eulis or or whatever. All that was the city suburban game used to be there. I think it was the last time I was there and it's a great gym and I saw a great game. Niles North uh, beats Niles West in uh, triple overtime. But what really to take from it was, well, first off, Davey Flowers, my first time seeing him. He had a fantastic first half. He's a really good high school basketball player. I regret it's taken me so long to see him. And I remember reading Joe Joe writing about how it was the best Niles West team in a long time. Boy, was he right. Best Niles West team in, man, a really long time, like 15, 20 years, maybe since he had Odzik years. Jared Lloyd last time I saw a team, they had a lot of spirit. They, they, they played well because Niles North has them severely out talented. 
I was pretty shocked actually by how much I liked the Niles North personnel. Uh, Reed Olson is their lead guard. You probably read about him, a uh, big scoring. And um, is it Yaris or Yaris Irby? Um, Yaris, I think Irby, the uh, junior, he, he's hurt. So he didn't even get to play in the game and he's probably their best player. So they did not have him for this one, but they've got these other guys, Hunter Garon. It's G-A-W-R-O-N. He's a six, six junior and he's one to watch. He's the type of kid that could have a big spring and be on some college radars. I was really impressed with him. Caden Chatham played really well. Dylan lamb. All five of these guys are juniors. This is their starting lineup for next year. They're all playing now. They're all good now. Just a couple days ago, they lost to Thornton by seven points. And in that game, Olsen, uh, Hunter Garan, and Yaris Irby were all injured. None of them finished the game, and they lost by seven. Irby's now out for a little while. His arm was in a sling. But this is a team, they're 15 and six. You know, they're not in the rankings right now, but they're just as good as the bottom 10 teams I've got in the rankings. Um, I Especially with Irby back, I have no problem saying that. This is a team that can make a playoff run, and this is a team that, I mean, to me right now, it looks like maybe bottom top 10, top 15 in the preseason next year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, they, they, I, I can't remember. I, I might've had them in my preseason, pre-season? top 25. Yeah. Um, And their season's been a little rocky up and down. They, you know, their big challenges. They had a DePaul game early on. They got kind of taken apart a little bit. Uh, you know, they had a real rough time at Hinsdale Central Holiday Tournament. You know, they lost, upset by Marion Catholic and then dropped one to Auburn. And uh, then they lost one, I think, in overtime to Westinghouse. Uh, so it's been, a, but now lately, you know, as you get a little more seasoning, you get healthier, you know, Thornton and Niles West games back-to-back, pretty impressive. So, yeah, that's it's, it's a definitely a team to watch. And, and I've written about it over the years, just – what an unbelievable! I've talked about it on the podcast too. Just what an unbelievable job Glenn Olson has done oh, at Niles yeah. North. Twenty four, Joe. You are correct. You have them twenty fourth in your eighty. Yeah. So if you look nice. at what they have done under Glenn Olson, and look what Niles North basketball did prior to Glenn Olson, it, it's it's yeah. eye opening. You know, it's it's not just a a little a bump they got. It, it, it they they really took off. So. Uh, it definitely team to watch going forward. Um, my second one's pretty quick one. Just we have talked here a lot, written a lot, and all deservedly there's uh, deservedly so about these freshmen. Uh, you know, mostly Jackson Davis at Warren, Davion Thompson at Bolingbrook, but also of late, you and I have been raving about Kenwood's freshman, Devin Cleveland, who by the way, was terrific again in Kenwood's win uh, this past weekend over, um, oh, my mind's mud. Who did be? Mount Carmel. So uh, that the, they are elite, elite freshmen, and it's exciting to have them to watch, to pull forward, to see their progress, to go forward, to get better, just to enjoy their, their talents. But another freshman who has been mentioned a little bit, but not nearly enough, Howard Williams at Whitney Young. He, you know, he's different than these other three. These three are all true guards, uh, ball handling, scoring guards, all three of them. Howard Williams is a six, 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 seven, terrific looking body, athletic forward, you know, at four, three, three, four guy who was terrific this past weekend against, he, he came out the first half. I think he probably had 
10, 11, 12 points in the opening half. Knocked down. And it's how he did it. He did it around the rim. He he faced up. He hit at least one, if not two threes, if I remember. Uh, you know, face-up jumper looks good. His body, as I mentioned, is, is screams, you know, high major prospect. He's got a ways to go, just, no, just like all freshmen. But he is one player who probably hasn't been talked enough about in terms of pure upside in this state uh, in regard to where he could be a year, two, three years from now as a player. So he's just another freshman, not just another freshman to add to a list. He's a freshman that's worth mentioning with these other freshmen. Uh, He may not be average in the 20-plus points a game. These other guys are. They're more advanced in that area. I'm talking purely as a prospect. The upside with Howard Williams is is through the roof, and he is you know tapping into that here and there, and that consistency will come as as he gets older and matures and and, and gets some, uh, more acclimated to varsity basketball. Yeah, it's when Joe and I were sitting next to one another on Bennett on Saturday and watching Howard Williams' first quarter, especially, and I was thinking about how much we would be talking about Howard Williams if the other three weren't here, you know, he'd be like the clear star of the freshman class. And it's going to be exciting to see him come along. He just, it's just a lot harder for him because he's playing with a bunch of sophomores. You know, he didn't come into a, a low team full of loaded D one seniors like the other guys did. So uh, a little bit different for Howard, but yeah, that's a, that's a good call. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. And boy, speaking of does the red Northwest Need some star power, Joe. <laughs> so hopefully, well, segue into <laughs> the that yeah. league did not crack our top five Oof. conferences. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some surprises on the conferences. Not so much maybe where we rank the five, but who's not in the top five. And I, I guess how you want to do this? Just start with one and go through five, and then. Start with five. Okay, five. All right, yeah. yeah. Let's build the excitement. The Red Northwest is not in, everybody, in case you were wondering, um, which is kind of shocking to me. But Should we say who else isn't in it? As a, To me, it's shocking. And, I, and not that, that we... Yeah, go for it. The cent- This has been a... T- I don't know how many years. How many years would you say the Central Suburban League South has been a top five league? At least the last four or five, for sure, if not longer. Right? You throw those great Evanston teams for years. I mean, definitely the last four or five. Yeah, I was going to say, like, since Glenbrook North came back, I feel like. And to a degree, Glenbrook South. Phil Ralston took over when, I don't know. They've been yeah. pretty, pretty high level, pretty darn good since that arrival. So, anyway, Glenbrook South, or I'm sorry, Central Suburban League South has been pretty much a fixture among the top leagues. They are not in our top five. So that was one of two of the surprises, I think. That one in the, as you mentioned, in the public league. Red yeah, the, the, the main South kind of becoming a below average team. Sorry, main South has definitely hurt the depth. Correct. Over there. And then Evanston's having its worst year in a while, although they've been pretty good lately. So pretty yeah. competitive. I, you know, we suck, but they are. It's talent wise. Probably the least amount that Mike Ellis has had since he's been there. Uh, but he's quietly kind of done a nice job <laughs> making them competitive. They're going to push towards 20 wins again with after losing five starters. So it's 
You know, I usually kind of just rebuild quickly, uh, reload, I guess I should say, at Evanston. That wasn't the case this year. And he's still, you know, pretty competitive. No doubt about it. And Deerfield's not bad, and they're young, 11 and 10. We're talking about CSL South. Lavia, they did not make it. So let's go number yeah, five, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number five, Southwest Suburban Blue. Uh, I pretty, I think you and I, we had some debate here and there where we would rank a couple of them. But at the end, we were pretty much on the same page, including this one. Um, it starts, obviously, at the top with that league. The team that hasn't lost anybody in Illinois, Holman Flossmore. And you know, I, I think Holman Flossmore and Bolingbrook, they've been top 25 teams all year. They'll stay in the top 25 all year. And they are legit contenders in March. <laughs> um, Lincoln Way East, up and down, but talented. Played a pretty good schedule outside of their league. Held their own. Going to win 20-plus games. We'll see. You know, they, they've got some young pieces, though. And Sandberg. <laughs> Just 10 and 10, but, I mean, I saw uh, the way they shot against Oak Lawn. Those, those guys get hot. Anybody could go down. Thornton, <laughs> Curry, <laughs> when Farkas is hitting like he did. I mean, I've never seen a team shoot like that. It was like, I guess, like old what Brother Rice with T-Lander and whoever. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I would want nothing to do with Sandberg in like a play-in regional game. That would be a nightmare draw because mm-hmm. um, the way they can shoot. So they're not a, uh, not a gimme either. And yeah, the Lincoln Way East team, man, if they can keep this group together for next year, I feel like Lincoln Way East has lost its best player like four years in a row to transfer they, they just if not then if they can keep this group together they're going to be interesting mm-hmm. um because you know it, they've got everything you need they're a, they're a really fascinating group but you can kind of tell i have kept them in the bottom of the rankings even though i could have knocked about a few times <laughs> but i just i i think i want people to go see them and to know that they've got their potentials i've kind of kept them in there even when they I, they take a loss here or there because i think they're pretty dangerous overall our number four is probably gonna be a surprise to the probably the average even the average fan uh, DuPage Valley Conference. The DuPage Valley checks in at four right now. They've got an unbeaten Mike twenty and zero Wabansi Valley, and then probably one of the real surprises. Well, Wabansi was a surprise, but yeah. Nequa, Nequa Valley has also been a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and then you've got a team teams that have just been, you know, some high. You you've talked about DeKalb a lot in the preseason. I talked about Matia Valley a lot in the preseason. And they're both right there with 15 wins. Uh, and then you've got a Naperville North team. Unfortunately, Naperville North just lost. You, you know, you're, that's your fifth place team. And they have, you know, lost their best player in Luke Williams for the year with an injury. But even prior to that, or even after that, I mean, Mike, they've, they've been very, they've been a lot of close games, unfortunately, fallen short in a lot of close games. But, um, you know, they, they, I look at their schedule the other day. They lost to Nequa Valley without, Luke Williams by one lost a prospect in double overtime um, lost to Fenwick in overtime lost to Bennett in overtime. Yeah. Uh, lost to their other and to Andrew by three. So they, you know, these are their losses, but they've also got quality wins. You know, they've beaten Oswego East and uh, yeah, they beat Matia Valley in their league. So it's, it's a team that's doesn't have the a, a glitzy record, but they've been more than competitive, and that's your fifth place team. Galb's dangerous. Matia Valley starting to get really hot, playing their best basketball of the year, and then we, obviously we've got the two teams that have kind of just 
taken off and skyrocketed up your super 25 rankings. Yeah. I look for depth in my conference rankings, Joe. <laughs> and I like the, uh, no, yeah, I like depth, yeah. but I also like that start, like the, the, the top team packing some punch and you've got your number four ranked team. Are they four right now? Yeah. Well, Vonzi jumped up yeah. to four. I didn't, wasn't sure what to and, do, but and, they, and they're, and they're they 20 it. and oh, so yeah, you, you, you got the best of both worlds right there. There's going to be some fun matchups over the next month too in the DuPage Valley. I'll hopefully I'll be at a few of them. Cause yeah, I agree with you, but I had not seen Matei and I, uh, until what a week or two ago, and yeah, they were um, they were fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed. I, I guess to me, that's the other thing. I don't know. You probably heard me talk about the DuPage Valley, yeah, football conference. A lot of people who can't dribble, blah blah blah. I I really like watching these teams this year. I've been getting to see DeKalb since the first week of the season, but I I know I like um that personnel there. But yeah, it's a fun league. I I hope the crowds are big, and I hope um you know that's been some of my other complaints. A lot of years I'll go see a great Nequa team, you know, an Nequa team with twenty five wins, and won't be a lot of people. I hope there's some big crowds around Naperville and Aurora. Um, well, Bonzi had a nice crowd and I was out there. So I hope we get a nice three, four weeks here of DuPage Valley basketball. It'd be fun to see. Number three, I think is accustomed to being one or two red South central Chicago public league. Um, we didn't have much debate of pushing them higher. I don't think when we discussed it, you know, they've obviously got the number one team. Uh, it's just curious. Number one. No question, but it's just not what it's been. You know, we've Simeon is good, but not the great program that we've seen. Kenwood has shown glimpses, including this past weekend, but they're not anywhere near the preseason number one that we expected. Hyde Park, to a degree, has not been quite what I thought they'd be. Well, yeah. Uh, Lindblom, I had a little more, a little higher expectation going into the season. I had much, yeah. What's going so, on with Lynn Bloom, man? They're 13 so and 8. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking teams that either A, have not lived up to what we thought, or B, just simply aren't what they used to be, a la Simeon. But, you know, it's still a really good competitive league with a with the best team right now in the Chicago area in terms of rankings. Number one, they've, they've solidified that spot, uh, 21 and 1. And then I think what gave me a little more positive and putting them number three and keeping them three and not even dropping them lower was that performance from Kenwood oh, yeah. this past weekend. Kenwood looked, to be honest, Kenwood looked like a number one team this weekend. That They, I, they were dazzling to me. Um, and I, I haven't seen that. I've probably seen them four times. And that, that was by far, now it helps when you make shots. Uh, they made a lot of shots. Alston, Riddle was phenomenal. You know, so it it's just a team though that's which way they're going to go from here. Is it going to keep soaring or are they going to plateau? Are they going to get stuck in neutral again? I I I don't know because they just haven't been able to put that consistent basketball uh, together yet. Yeah, no tests this week for them either. They've got two. Um, I think like perspectives and yeah i'm really disappointed in the red south central personally i i think it's kind of embarrassing for the public league that they're the number three conference i mean and mike you were i think you you were a little we debated to go back a little bit we almost put the page value ahead of them yeah i mean lindblom was flying high they should be a top 15 team they got one of the best players in the state 
they played like that the first month of the year. I saw them at Simeon. They were just, it was just dead. It was last week. I don't know. It was not, it didn't look like the same team. It looked like some other guys had put on the Lindblom uniforms. You know, I, yeah, I just they're... saw the, the videos of the Kenwood game, you know, when they were, they were so full of spirit, you know, I think they've well, had they're, a they're weird. They're one, one and four in the last five games. Yeah. They played all those games in like two weeks. They played like 20 games in two weeks. Then they had two weeks off. They've had like this weird season. And so they need to find it somehow. Maybe the city tournament will be the catalyst for them to turn it around. I'd I mean, park Mike, the, the beginning of the year. They beat Joliet West. They beat Kenwood. Yeah. They beat Lincoln Way East. Uh, they were a legit top fifteen team. They were they yeah. got higher. I I don't know what happened. It just went it went bad there. I mean Hyde Park has an excuse. You know Jarrell Baldwin, one of the best players in the state. He's he's out so they've missed him that that makes total sense phillips i expected more from i think they expected more they're 12 and 8 they've given some teams some scares or whatever but they're personnel wise they yes they don't have a senior but they should be better you know than this 12 and 8 record i I, to me it's a lot of disappointments when you're looking at the red south central and i guess i'll also mention you know the other was it last podcast two podcasts ago when we were talking about how the public league was down my email it normally you know, when we get that opinionated light, about something. Light you up. Yeah. Instead, I got a bunch of things. So this is why the public league stinks. <laughs> Everybody's telling me other reasons why it's bad. Nobody. There was no one in my email or DMs that came to the defense. It's At least they accept it. <laughs> They're not oblivious. Well, the, the two power conferences are not yeah. in the top five and rank number three. So yeah. it is a change of the tide. Uh, number two. Go to the South Suburbs and the Southland Conference. Um, four teams in this league are currently ranked in the Super 25. Uh, you know, I, it, it, you know, if it's interesting because the team, I, if you just, if you quickly ask me, Mike, who's in first place, I would quickly say Thornton. Right now, Bloom is on top. You know, undefeated with the win over Thornton way back in December, but, uh, you know, you've got, I, I, Thornton's the best team in that league. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, you know, they'll, they'll get their rematch with Bloom, but, you know, you got Thornton, Kankakee and Rich along with Bloom. Uh, I, I, again, those four are carrying it, but then, you know, Thornwood's, you know, a, a competitive team as well. So, it's a it's a good league. It's going to be fun to watch over the course of the next you know three four weeks uh, as they go up and battle against each other. They got some big matchups coming up, and they've had some close ones. That's the other good thing is there's been a nice competitive balance within that league among those teams. We just mentioned Bloom beating what I think is the best team. You know Thornton, um, you know played Kankakee earlier in the year, beat them by one. You know they beat Rich in overtime, so. You expect a little more of that coming you know, going forward in this league over the next, like I said, three to four weeks. Yeah, Bloom Thornton is as you're reading that, as you're listening to this, it's tonight. It's Tuesday night. That's gonna the rematch. It's at Bloom because remember Bloom won at Thornton, which uh, big one. That's that's why I think a lot of people probably wonder. You know, Bloom's twelve and five. They've had some good results. Didn't have a great Pontiac. Why I keep them so high? It's because of that. They won at Thornton. And yeah, it was early, but it's one of the best, if not the best win of any team in the Super 25. Remember, nobody's beaten Curie. Nobody's beaten HF. 
Mount Carmel just got beaten. So you, you can make a legitimate case that Bloom has the best win in the entire area. And they know. have some really good, I mean, this sounds dumb, really good <laughs> losses. Yes. I, yeah. They yeah. lost to Brother Rice, I, that triple overtime game. You know, they lost to Bennett in double overtime at Pontiac. Yeah. So they have played some really quality, good teams, tough. Um, you know, so, and, they, and they, they've beaten Simeon. They've beaten Kankakee. So I, they, they've got some good wins. Kankakee's schedule has me, you know, I don't think it's been great. I'm a little, that 16 and two, I, I like now, I, I like them. I think they're good. They're better than I thought they were when I went out and saw them. And I think they've got some high upside, but that 16 and two, I think is a little, yeah, because the, the schedule has been, hasn't been great. I think Rich is scary. I, I've, I've seen Rich not play well, but when they are playing well, I'll go so far to say is, I, I guess the highs of Rich when they're running and passing the ball and when they're at their peak, it's as good as I've seen any team play this year. That sounds crazy, I'm sure, to some people, but there aren't many teams right now getting out and running and really just looking beautiful <laughs> like Rich does when they're looking beautiful. But they can also look pretty ugly and get a little wild, but I'd be scared of them in the playoffs as well, and, and they're very young. Lou Adams is doing his thing over there. Yeah, I was just really impressed with Thornton this past weekend. When their Bennett win, their physicality, the defense they played, they took Bennett out of a lot of what they wanted to do. And then that focus that you need to pay attention so much to Marez Johnson opened up so many opportunities for others. So I, that, Thornton, to me, really made a statement with that win uh, at Bennett this right? past weekend. I mean, when because the problem when Thornton looks bad, it's when they can't hit a shot from outside. Right. You know, that's... Uh, yeah. And they and they did it, you know. You you scouted Thornton, I'm sure. You know, Gene Heidkamp and Bennett scouted Thornton, and and uh, it was probably a bit of a surprise to see all those threes dropping in. Yeah, from Isaiah yeah. Green, another. So it's yeah, yeah. Gene that's what, said that's what happens. Yeah, after the game, Gene said, you know, we knew if they were going to make their three pointers, we were in trouble. So, and if you're going to get yeah, that's the proper game plan, but they they made their threes. Yeah. All right, process of elimination. You probably have figured out who our number one conference is. I, I believe they were number one coming in. I think the gap has closed a little bit to a degree as far as, you know, some of these teams not quite living up to the high expectations, their preseason ranking, yet they still have that depth. The Catholic League blue, where you've got four teams currently ranked in the top 20. Those four, you know, Mount Carmel, DePaul, Brother Rice, and Loyola are all ranked in the top 20. And then, you know, you look at the depth of that league, you had De La Salle, I believe, and St. Ignatius preseason top 25. Uh, you know, Fenwick is a pesky Heisty. little team that yeah. you should <laughs> be aware of in, in Class 3A, when those Class 3A pairings come out. Keep an eye on Fenwick. But, you know, I, I'm, I've been writing them by the time you've, hear this i've written a little bit about some injuries that DePaul and mount carmel are going through they're going to be you know missing some key players DePaul has for two weeks they will for the next couple of weeks brother rice is or i'm sorry mount carmel is going to be without a couple of key players going forward as well so it's going to be interesting to see how they you know kind of weather the storm but you know there's this i don't think there's any debate really particularly you know even if recent results ignatius took out rich you know, just this past weekend, and Ignatius is, you know, probably the right now the fifth, sixth best team in that league right now. Uh, so, just and there's just a lot of upside in terms of what these teams are capable of doing 
when the state tournament comes, whether it be DePaul and and three A or or Mount Carmel, Brother Rice, and you know Lyell's got a tough road when they're sectional, but uh, it's it, it it is interesting to see that Mount Carmel and DePaul are up top undefeated. I I'm betting that I, no one's going to run the table. I, do you agree in that league? Some I wouldn't. Well, and now it's going to be even harder because everything's gotten compressed by the cancellations. We that's something yeah. we're seeing right and left. A lot of teams are having to play four or five games a week, and it's leading to some wacky, wackier results than normal. And to catch up, yeah, we're going to have a lot. So that's going to it's going to make it even harder for any of these teams to run the table because going to wind up, especially these teams that depend on you know high level coaching <laughs> a lot when you don't get to have that practice before you know, the game that's really going to hurt yeah. some of them, I think. Or teams that rely, and there's not a lot of them, but <laughs> rely on shooting, you know, tired legs. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, you know, it, but to, it says a lot, Mike, that we're talking about the Catholic League basketball still in this way at this point, because. Yeah, I was, when I put them, it, I have that question, when I named them the best conference, I thought it was going to be controversial and it was close and I had to think about it. And they've, now now it's not close now yeah, i don't to, have to think about it well and to their credit they've you know even with maybe de la salle and saint ignatius quite not being quite what we expected but yeah uh no it's and it'll be interesting to see what because the big bugaboo with them is if what the catholic league can do minus the you know one a or, or, or two a you know results over the years what they can do in three a and four a um you know ignatius made a dent and got to champagne and, but we're still waiting for a big school state champ out of the Chicago Catholic league. What, uh, Joe, do you really wish that the Catholic league tournament was about to get going? Oh yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's sorely missed. I don't, I, everything. I don't want to get into this whole Catholic league as far as deciding things. I just they don't even have a, there's two divisions. There's not a winner. I, I mean, at least now the quote unquote, the best teams are all, in you know the Catholic League blue, but what if St. Lawrence had their all those guys that were supposed to be there? Well, they're still better than some of the teams in the blue. Oh, they are, but I'm just yeah. saying, um, we, yeah, we, you know, what if St. Oh, Lawrence was loaded and ranked in the top <laughs> yeah. 10 and they we don't have a true Catholic League champ, like one champ? Yeah, they, yeah, we don't want to turn them in, but it would be nice if they figured things out better, but yeah. anyway, yeah, let's uh. We will wrap it up. It's a big week. We got a Thornton HF game on Sunday, really late. It's going to ruin my rankings. I'm worried we're going to have to put them in the paper without knowing who won. Very, very annoying. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week. <laughs>